Well, good morning, everyone. I'm so glad you guys are here. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Wow, it's good, right? You know, I, I believe, at least I do, I believe that we live in the most amazing, great country in the whole world. I do. I love it. I love America. I am pro-America. And so for that, I am grateful for the men and women that did lose their lives so that we could be free. Well, as, as you can see, it's going to be a little different today. I'm, I'm here with my wife. And uh, before we get started, why don't we go ahead and welcome the online family. So if we can give them a warm welcome. Hey, y'all. Glad you guys are, are here. And also, I want to say that... Um, Lead pastor, Josh Pennington and his wife, Angie, they're in the house. Let's give it up for them. Wow. So, wow, we can go ahead and, and be seated. I have to be honest, my biggest fear was whether or not I could get in this chair if I was tall enough. So, that's for real. It's, it's the, the struggle is real. So, uh, when they showed me the chair, I was like, how do I do that gracefully? I, when God was handing out legs, I thought he said pegs, and I took two, so. <laughs> anyway, I'm so glad to be here. I'm Executive Pastor Larry, and the title of the message today is, It's the Little Things. And, and before we get started, what I don't want you to do, if you are not in a relationship, you're not married, you're not planning on getting married, what I, what I want you to do is not check out, because this is not just about being married, because I, you know, some of you already were like, oh, dude, yeah, it's not my thing. So don't check out, because I know that God is going to do something in your life, and you're going to learn something today through the power of the Holy Spirit. How many of you believe that today? I do. I believe that with all my heart. So did we have a picture of us? Did we have that up there? You know, I think they have a, I believe they have a picture of us. Oh, Yeah. Wow, you know, look at the hair. What was that? Yeah. Okay, everybody, stop. Um, my hair, I, it's less of it and it's a different color. And I prefer to call it vintage gray is what we'll call that, vintage gray. So, and again, I'm, I'm Executive Pastor Larry, super happy to be here. And I'm not going to introduce my wife, April. I'm going to let her introduce herself. I am April Miller. I am Pastor Larry's wife, as we just said. I have two children, so I am the mother of Andrea and Mac. Um, I also have a grandson, Carter, and I am his nanny. And I love being those people. Um, Josh asked us to speak about a month ago on marriage and relationship, and I thought, well, I've been here a little while. We've been married 42 years. So I thought I can do that. That shouldn't be too bad. Thank you. But then it comes time to do it, and you're like, oh, I hope I can do this. So bear with me. This is my first time doing this, and here I am. And here she is. Yay. So it's going to be awesome. Thank you. So, you know, we thought, so we'd worked on this together, and uh, we thought it would be kind of fun. I, I like having fun. Anybody like having fun? I do. I, I think fun is a good emotion. You know, I've, I've done anger and, and sad, and those are emotions you have, but I, I prefer fun and laughter and happy. So, so we're going we're gonna to use memes throughout this, so that way it keeps us uh, 
leaning in and, and looking. And so we want to start out with, and it'll help us stay on track today. It's going to help us. So um, I'm kind of like a cannon, and so I've got her beside me, and this is probably one of the most difficult things that I've ever done is to do this and not just bull rush this thing and take over. So, And I've already done that. So I'm going to stop, and we're going to go to the first meme that's on the screen. So we can go to that, and it says... Before you marry a person, you should first make them use a computer with slow internet to see who they really are. Now that, that makes sense, doesn't it? I, I wish that there was a way, if there was, that before you get married or in a relationship, because let's face it, I really did not know her 43, 44 years ago. I didn't know her. I thought I did. But I didn't know her. Wouldn't it be great if there was a, at least an emotional test? Is there? Do we have something like that? Is there? So we have discovered many years ago, which I'm sure a lot of you know, um, the five love languages by Gary Chapman. We've always felt that it was a very important book, very um, just gives you a lot of knowledge and look into yourself and into your spouse. So the five love languages, I just want to go over them quickly, even though I know many of you have probably already heard this. Number one is physical touch. And that is not necessarily a sexual thing, but just putting your hand on someone's leg, uh, your spouse's leg, not someone. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. okay. That would be helpful. Told um, you it'd be funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, holding hands putting your arm around each other, just something like that is a physical touch. If that is a need that you have that fulfills you and makes you feel good, then that might be your love language. The next one is words of affirmation. That would mean encouragement. You like to be encouraged. Um, you like to have somebody tell you, you did well, you did good. You're complimenting them, you're affirming them. If that's you, that might be your love language. The next one would be gifts, and that would be actual receiving gifts. That speaks to you. You enjoy that. Um, it makes you feel fulfilled. One, the next one is acts of service. So you basically like to be waited on. Um, <laughs> you like people to bring you things. You like somebody cleaning the house for you, doing service things for you. That's what makes you feel good. That's what makes you feel loved. And then lastly would be quality time. And that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, you love to spend time with each other. Um, let's see. So, so you need to figure out which one of those is you, which one of them is your spouse, and then you need to move forward, start practicing them, and helping your spouse feel fulfilled in your relationship. Yeah, see, it, it's important. Um, this is, like I had said at the beginning, listen, this is going to be good with um, knowing your boss. Knowing how your, your boss, what love languages maybe your boss needs, or you're in a relationship, just a friendship. To know each other, I've seen so many times... Um, relationships, friendships, two guys or two girls, they're just friends, super good friends. Something happens in the relationship of friendship and they're out. It just finishes. And so it's important that these, and I'm sure there's more, but these five, it's really good to get to know yourself, what it is that you need and desire that makes, that gives you life, right? And that makes you feel, let's face it, we all feel the reason why her and I started dating was because I, 
you know, we would like to think it was great and spiritual. Is first of all, I thought she was cute, and she made me feel. I felt something, right? So we, we go to feelings. And so it's important that we understand what makes me feel and what makes you feel the way you do. So with that said, um, her and I, we did the love languages years ago. And uh, I had my top two, there's five, and I had my top two. And here's what I can tell you, uh, they've changed. Over the years, I'm not gonna tell you what mine were in the beginning, but at the end, mine changed. So what happens when they changed? Did, was yours changed or have they changed? So one thing I would recommend that if you ever have taken the test or read the book, if it's been five years or more, I would retake the test and read the book again and go through everything. Your love languages change as you age, as you enter different stages of your life, they begin to change. So something that worked before may not work 10 years later or five years later. So Larry and I have changed. Um, I'm gonna give you an example. My love language currently is quality time. It didn't used to be that, but it is now. So I wanna give you an example of something that Larry and I went through and how we resolved this. So Larry comes home from work after being gone all day. Now keep in mind, my love language is quality time. He immediately goes to the couch. I'm making dinner. He goes to the couch, he sits down, and he starts looking at his phone and checking texts and emails that he had received at the end of the day from work. No big deal, right? Hmm. Wow, it was a big deal. Um, and it's really about communication. Communication is king in any relationship with your boss, with a friend, with your spouse. Communication is king. And here's a meme that's going to help us understand that a little bit. If we could have the next one. Behind every angry woman stands a man who has absolutely no idea what he did wrong. <clears throat> it's one for the guys. Yeah, so I'm on the couch, and uh, I, it, all I know is that she was upset about something. And if, listen, listen, if you don't talk, you see, we tend to use our emotions for you, for you to understand me, what the problem is. I don't know what that means. I'm not, I don't have any idea. And we tend to use our emotions to let someone know how we feel. You know, it's been said that if you talk loud, people can hear you. But if you communicate, people will listen. Big difference, isn't there? So how did we resolve that? So we have to keep in mind that my love language was quality time. So I'm in the kitchen feeling like, I'm not important. He doesn't, not that he doesn't love me, but I'm not important. Work is more important, which you've been there eight hours, so I don't understand why this has to continue. Although he's not thinking that or feeling that at all, but that's what I'm thinking. So we had to come to a solution. Our solution was that we decided when Larry comes home, he waits to look at texts, he waits to look at emails, until after we've had dinner, after we've had some quality time, after we've had some time to connect. Um, 
then he can answer those later in the night or first thing in the morning, which what, if it's something important, he'll answer it, you know, right, right away. But if not, he has learned to wait. And that makes me feel loved that he's willing to do that. Wow. And that makes me feel really a whole lot better. I, I can say it that way, that we're able to, talk, to, to do this by what? At first, April just didn't say much. And I'd be like, Listen, this, this is what we do. Let me give you a word picture when it comes to emotions. Um, I, I remember working a job, and I'm sure none of you have ever done this, and taken too long on breaks and too long on lunch, right? So now listen to me. So I was taking too long, you know, confession time on breaks and lunch. And I was with another guy, and the boss came in and started yelling at us. I can't believe I've been seeing you guys do this. He's screaming and yelling at us. You're taking too long. <clears throat> and what do you think happened when he walked away? We both looked at each other and we're like, what's wrong with that dude? You see, listen, we missed the entire point because it wasn't communicated properly. And so when she was frustrated, didn't communicate at all, I didn't know until she said, and she does this all the time. <laughs> and it's good. It's good, but I don't like to hear it. It's like, can I talk to you for a minute? I feel like I'm five years old and I'm about to get in trouble. But here's what I know. What do I do? I pause the TV. I, I stop what I'm doing. And I'm like, yes, dear. And I listen very, listen very intently to what she says, so emotions can be crazy and lead us in the wrong direction, which leads us to our next slide. It's kind of a good one, too. Can you get that up there? Oh, how did that get up there? How did that get up there? I don't there? know, but it's probably one of my favorite people, so I had to share it. Sorry. <laughs> he did not know that was coming up. <clears throat> For real, I had no idea. I, I guess that wasn't okay. me. All right. We'll have to talk about that later. I, I would like to communicate. Um, <laughs> So let's go. Here we go. How to tell if a woman is mad at you. She's quiet. She's yelling. She acts the same. She acts different. <laughs> exactly. Man, there's not a book that comes with this at all. There is. It's called the Bible. Got to communicate. Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit communicates with us all the time if we listen. So it's important that we communicate. So important. So let's go to our, our next and our third meme. Oh, oh, we're not doing that yet? Oh, okay, yeah, I messed up. You're right. Wow, okay, so communication is so, so important. And there's a way that we can do that. My wife communicated really well. And exactly how do we do that? So. so I put a name to this called Communicating Fair. Okay, hang on just a second. Listen, you need to put that in your phone. And again, this is for your job, relationships, family. Hello, family. Hello, family. Communicate. Listen, write that down, put it in your phone. Communicate fairly. And what does that mean? Sorry. So when I thought about it, I thought, you know, everyone does not communicate the same way. So I want to give an example of something with Larry and I that maybe it can apply to your relationships as well. Um, 
when Larry and I get into an argument, I am the kind of person, I am the communicator in our marriage more than Larry, believe it or not, which is with as much as he talks. But (laughs) I am the one that communicates the most. Hello, I'm right here, (laughs) just so you know. So we get into an argument, and immediately I'm the kind of person that says, let's talk this out until it's resolved. I just want to talk. We don't usually yell at each other. We don't do that, but we talk maybe loud, but we don't yell. Um, but let's just keep, keep talking about this until it's resolved. And then I'm good. I'm like, okay, good. I'm done over it. Don't hold a grudge, ready to roll. Larry's way of communication is more, he has to sit down and think about it for a while. He wants to go away for a while, think about what we said, think about maybe what he did. And then eventually he comes around he apologizes, and he realizes that he was wrong anyway. All right. So for those of you that are engaged. Yeah, yeah. That's what this looks like. No, and, and she is right. You would think someone who uh, maybe stands up, communicates, or, you know, uh, it's always been said this way. I, I guess it's good. Uh, when I work at the gym or at the church, somebody's like, I heard you before I saw you. And I talk all the time. But when it comes to communicating sometimes with a conflict, um, I, I just need to think about it because um, I can be, um, use words. And, and if there's anything, and I said this last week, and it's probably, I've learned a lot of things from Pastor Josh. I, I really have a lot more in the last five years about communication and people and me than I have um, probably in my whole life. I I can say that, and she'll attest to that. So for that, I I am grateful. But the fact that he said, Larry, words matter. And that does two things. I will say this, is that words matter, and they do. I will say this, when I talk to Pastor Josh, and we're in any kind of meeting, or I got to communicate, I get really nervous about everything I'm going to say because I know he knows words matter. So it gets really, really like, okay, how do I say this, like, uh, and make it right? So, but it's caused me to think about the words I'm going to use, which creates the next slide. If we can put that up. So three out of four marriages end in failure. If you were going skydiving and they told you three out of four parachutes wouldn't open, would you still jump? Well, that's kind of scary, isn't it? That it, it's a scary place to be and to think, you know, would I even do that? Which leads me to this word because words matter. Divorce. Ooh, got really, really quiet. Divorce. It's like I just cussed. Literally. That's what it seems like. And that word, it matters. And what have we done in our marriage to resolve that kind of scenario? So it is a scary thing when you first enter into marriage. You don't know the person. Um, Our son, Mac, is single, barely. He's in a relationship, so we're keeping our fingers crossed on that one. But he had said to us a few years back, when we were talking about, you know, why aren't you getting married? What are you afraid of? And he said, I can't imagine staying together that long with one person. 
He said, that just freaks me out to think about that. So I thought about it after he said that for a while, and it kind of weighed on my mind. And I thought, you know, Larry and I do have a win from when we first were married. We made a decision to not ever use the word divorce. We knew we weren't going to do that. We knew that wasn't an option. And literally to this day, we've never said, I'm going to divorce you, or how about if you divorce me? We just decided never to do that. Now, I know there's probably people out here that have used that word, people online possibly, but that's okay because today's a new day, and it's time for a change. You can make that change. It's not like, well, that's ruined, we're done, we messed up. No, God forgives, God can help you move on with that. So that is one thing as people that maybe are engaged, people are newly married, don't let that word be part of your vocabulary in your marriage. Yeah, words matter, and we we decided that a long time ago, that we just would not, absolutely not bring that up, and, and here's why. Here's the main reason, is we made a commitment, and it's called a covenant, seems even heavier when you say that, a covenant. You see, it's the new covenant, so we call it testament, but the covenant, which is an agreement. There's the new, there's the old covenant, and there's a new covenant. And her and I made a covenant before God, people, and ourselves that we would never use that word. And I think that that's been so very helpful. So many times we, we want to use, um, we, we hold things. We like to put things, and I shared with that last week if you were here. You, know, you kind of put these little things in your pocket. Do you remember when? Oh, by the way, do you remember when you did this? And do you remember when you did that? Or it comes up in another fight <clears throat> down the road. Oh, Sorry. yeah. Sorry. And I'm sure you guys have never done that to where it comes up and you're like, that was like, 2002 seriously and yet you're still holding on to that and what that simply means is this is that in 1 Corinthians 13 chapter 5 we can have that on the screen and it says love in a nutshell love keeps no record of wrong I'm going to say it again true love keeps no recording of love, I mean, of, of wrong, of wrongdoing. Love keeps no record of wrong. So you can start today. It's work. When did, when did the world, the culture, or someone decide that the happiest time of your marriage is in the beginning? Because then after that, it's just all downhill. When? When did that happen? You know, when you first get married, you know, you're all excited, everything's good. And then somewhere along the line, someone has either told you, you've settled into, you have decided as this thing progresses, I am just in prison. And, it, and here's why. I, I, I'm going to be honest. Because we, we have not done the work that God has created. Because, uh, newsflash, man did not create marriage. It's interesting, right? You know, we think with all the stuff we do that it was our idea. It was not our idea. It was God's idea. Now, I'm going to say this slow. We don't have it on the screen, but I think it's important. 
because it shows the world true love about recording wrong. Love does not record wrong. Refusing to keep a record of wrongs is a clear expression of God's love and forgiveness in our lives. We might have to put that up on the screen for the next service because I think it's important. I'm gonna read it again. Refusing to keep, I refuse to keep record of wrongs is a clear expression of God's love and forgiveness in our lives. Why? Because that expression is what God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would, would be saved if we accept him. It's unconditional. Man, isn't that good news? Isn't that great news? On a Memorial Day weekend, isn't that great news? That God is not keeping record. That's for somebody. Because I know what you think. He's got a book with your name on it. And he's checking it. Up, oh, Larry did wrong. Up, oh, Larry did wrong. Up, oh, Larry did wrong. He doesn't keep record. The only ability that God, the ability that he has that we don't, he has the ability to forget. He throws our sins as far as the east is from the west, and he remembers them no more. You can walk out of this place knowing, woo, I am forgiven. And there's a lot of peace that comes with that. And finally, and I said it last week, if we would end a relationship with the way that we started the relationship, you wouldn't be ending the relationship. Again, I'm going to say it one more time. If we ended a relationship the way we started a relationship, you would not be ending that relationship. You know, um, it's just opening the door for her, doing the things, taking out the trash. And her, you, you heard me say last week, you know, when you first get married and your wife asks you to do something, you're like, oh, yes, babe. Yes, sweetheart. Honey bunchins, whatever you might call them, boo-boo face, you know. Whatever little name endearing that you have, that you have, you're going to do it, whatever it is. And then the years go on and you've settled into this just is horrible. And they're like, and even the way it's asked has changed. Hey, you need to take out the trash. What am I, your janitor? You know, that's how things end right there. Amen. Somebody say amen. Or at least oh my, something. Anyway, um, we're going to go. With the fourth one, am I on track? Yes, so if we can have the next, the next slide. Are you involved, it's a doctor talking to his client, are you involved in any dangerous sports? Well, sometimes I disagree with my wife. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, right? Well, you know, I, I wanna stop there and pause for just a moment because this is important to say. Um, it's funny in the world and the culture and the climate that we're in, it's crazy to think that disagreement has now come to, I can't hang with you, I don't like you, I'm out, see you later, you're a bad person. Someone say, amen. It's a truth. We live in a world that is, that is flowing over and dumping into our relationships of every kind. Did you get the shot? I'm... I don't know if I should say, because then you're not going to like me 
If I say yes or no, I don't know. What do you think about the misfortune, the tragedy that just happened at a school? What do you think about gun control? Um, I, I don't know because if I tell you, you probably might or might not like me. You see, because we disagree and that pours over into relationships. Oh my goodness, do we agree on everything? Uh, no. I mean, you know, we just remodeled our bathroom and got into all kinds of heated discussions because this bathroom's my bathroom and it's gonna be manly. By golly. She's like, that's the tile you picked out? Yes, that's the tile I picked out. You know, everything's black in the bathroom. I'm just kidding, it's not. But, but you have disagreements, you're gonna have those. So listen, how do we have healthy disagreements? How? You know, um, if you were to be a little mouse and to get into some of our discussions, uh, newsflash, we don't always agree in all of our meetings in the church. You know, I, I know some of you think, as I did, I think that means we should almost be done. I, as I did, um, you know, uh, I thought when I started working at the church that we like floated around all day and we read the word and we're just like, oh yes, brother, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And talked about Jesus all the time. Yeah, not even close. We don't do any of that. Yeah, yeah, we don't really do any of that. You know, we try, but y'all get in the way. That's what happens. You know, we're like, Lord, how do we serve these people? They're like Moses sometimes. Lord, you know, wow. So how do, how do we manage disagreement? How do we do that? Is this is how we do it at church. This is how we do it at work, right? You guys ready for this? is we have respect, number one, you respect one another in disagreements. You don't say like, I can't believe you believe that, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Ladies and gentlemen, that's dishonoring and not showing respect. You get that? In any relationship, even with your boss that you don't like, here's the hard part, you know, one of the greatest sermons ever preached was the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. And I have to be honest, I would love, I know that it was God, because I would, not God, but the man that wrote it down on paper should be punched in the throat. No, okay, no, hear me out. Okay, don't judge me. I'm just saying because it says stuff like, love those who persecute you. What? Do good, go one more step, do good to those who say bad things about you and don't like you. So when you have a boss that maybe you don't like or you're in a relationship, here's what we do. We do good things, we should do good things for them, right? That went over really, really well. That's what being a Christian is all about. It's hard, y'all. Listen, being a Christian is not an easy thing. It is not. If we wanna please God, we wanna honor God, we want to show forth the praises of God and to the world who God really is. The only way they're going to see who God is is not because our car pulls into a gravel driveway that we call the church building and think they're going to see God in that. They're only going to see God when they see us 
permeating his love towards others who even don't love us. Wow, I saw that, yeah, that's good. That's, I'm, clap for me. That was, say, say that preacher's preaching. Preach it, all right. So I'm done, we're about to close, I promise. So um, on our last slide, if we could put that up. I show my husband I love him by cooking for him, watching dumb movies with him, not cutting the brakes on his car. <clears throat> it's the little things. Wow. It's the little things. So what kind of little things do we have? So I'm going to share a little bit about the little things in our relationship. First of all, I'll speak a little bit to the women, and this is not to make you feel bad. This is just to make you think. So when you first started dating, you put makeup on, you fixed your hair, you looked nice, you were excited for your husband to pick you up. Fast forward 20 years, sweatpants, t-shirts, no makeup, may or may not take a shower. Eh. And not that some of those things, I do that too, but just to be... To make it like you, the, the excitement, I guess, of when you first got married is what I'm talking about. Are you excited when he comes home from work? I literally, 42 years later, which might sound stupid, but I'm excited when Larry gets home from work every single day. I'm super excited. I mean, excited. I can totally understand why. Yeah. yeah I'm, really, I'm really excited that he's coming home, and it's still an exciting <clears throat> thing to me. So try to stir up some of that. Um, so some of these special things, I guess, that just Larry and I do for um, an example, just, just some of the little things. I don't drink coffee, so I like chai tea from Starbucks. So Larry will call me when he's done working out in the mornings maybe and say, hey, you want me to bring you a chai tea? And he... And I've got to order it. Yes. And it's like a laundry list of what yes. this thing is. It's, yes. You know, it's a tall, I got to get this in my head, tall chai tea latte, shaken, not stirred. I'm kidding, I made that up. Sh okay, shaken, not stirred. And it's six pumps of chai, no water, extra hot. Exactly. Did I get it right? Yes. Yes, all right. So that's just one of the little things though. That's a small thing that makes me feel loved. You know, he'll text me or call me. Hey, you want a chai tea? And so it's just something like that. I know he loves licorice. So when I'm at the store sometimes, I'll be like, oh, yeah, yes. you know, let me pick him up some licorice. It's Thursday night, which is kind of like our Friday night um, since he has Fridays off. Let, let me pick up some licorice, and he can have some licorice here. And so it's just those little things um, that, that don't forget those things, little things that you know your spouse enjoys. Pick him up this or that or pick her up this or that. It's just something that keeps excitement and keeps joy in your marriage. Um, one of our favorite uh, speakers, uh, he's written many, many books, is Dr. James Dobson. I'm sure most of you have probably heard him. Um, he talks about uh, raising kids and spanking them and all that good stuff. And um, one of the things he talked about one time, which I'll never forget, was he talked about the power of reminiscing. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. So it's the power of having a conversation with your spouse what music was popular when you guys dated? Ours was the 70s music. What are some of the fun things that you did together? What are some of the movies that you saw when you started dating or when you were dating? Just what are the, some of the fun things that you do? 
and you did together. And you will not believe the power that's in reminiscing with each other. It brings excitement. It takes you back to a place of, you know, young love and all of that. And it, and it gets you excited about your relationship with one another. So I want you to kind of keep that in mind. If you have a chance to have a conversation with your spouse about that and to reminisce with the, him or her about that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's good. Do you, uh, we actually, you kind of reminisced about a story and told on me uh, real quick. Can you tell them that story really when we were practicing? really has nothing to do other than reminiscing. It's not anything to do with our message. They were I just asking, want to reminisce. They were asking me to speak into the mic so that they could test it before the service. And they're like, tell us a story about something about you and Larry. So here we go. So we're dating. We're fresh in dating. Probably dated two months, still googly eyes, still in love and all that. We're it's still just, in love. What are you talking yeah. about? Okay. Yeah. Oh, the googly. Well, a little googly, but yeah. anyway, um, so we pull into my house. It's winter. He gets out of the car. He opens the door. His foot hits the side of the driveway, whoo, goes underneath our car. I mean, just Literally. completely slides underneath where the door is. And I'm like, now that's my man. <laughs> uh, I'm okay. Yeah. That, you know, it was a 1974 Lincoln Continental Mark IV. So the door was bigger than I was. I opened it, stepped my foot down underneath the car, went, and I went, wow, first impressions. This is really bad. Well, I want to close. Thank you guys so much for your time and your energy. I know I'm going to. Um, so our goal was, is it, listen, we have fun. God is honored. And that you learn and know something from the word of God and that you apply it. That's what's important to us because this is not about us. It, it's about you and God and your relationship with him and your relationship with those people around you. That's so important. And if we can have our last scripture up there, it's in Proverbs. Proverbs 18, 22. And it says, he who finds a wife finds what is good. You see, God created marriage. He who finds a wife or a husband, she who finds a husband, let me rephrase that, finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. Anybody here want favor of God? I do, I do, I do. And so I've done really well. I've sat long enough, I can't do this, so stand for just a moment and uh, there are three R's that we kind of live by and if you want to write these down I'll go slow because I believe they're really important and here's what I want you to know that it's work I mean is it easy I mean sometimes yes, sometimes no. Whew, yeah sometimes it's tough marriage is not for sissies but there's favor in it because God created it. It's a good thing. Number one, three R's, is respect. I believe it's number one and the most important thing in everything that you do in any relationship because when you lose respect for something or someone, you devalue it. Did you hear that? When you lose respect, and you just don't respect that thing or that person, you devalue it. We don't do that. We'll never do that. We never devalue 
one another. Respect. And you can start today. Number two, reassure. You know, I think it's so important that we reassure one another that I'm here for the long haul. You reassure your friendship, your relationship, your marriage. You reassure that person that no matter what is going on, I'm here. It doesn't matter what you look like. Listen, I've been in the the fitness industry and have competed for decades. And never once, she can tell you, have you ever felt like you needed to be Miss Fitness? Never once. Because that was my thing. It wasn't hers. I didn't look at her that way. She's my wife. I love her because she's my wife. Not because she can out bench press me. That would be hard anyway. But you reassure, you respect, you reassure that person. I'm here no matter what you do. Why? Because that is an attribute, an attribute of our loving Father. That regardless of what we do, He is always here. Woo, that's good stuff. What kind of relationship is that? When you just know that it's okay. That when I've done some of the dumbest things I've ever done. You know, uh, I'm gonna tell a story. I, was, um, I had just come off of a contest, super young, probably my 30s. And it was on a Saturday, Monday I went in the gym. I thought I'd bench again. And I literally dropped 300 pounds on my chest. It slipped out of my hands from the top, landed on my chest, and I went to the emergency room. And I said, don't call my wife, I'm fine, I'm gonna be okay. They called her, she came from work, pulls in, comes to the emergency room. She's like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I said, yeah, cracked a rib, it kind of compressed my heart and bruised it, but I think I'm okay. And she goes, well, what were you doing? I said, I was bench pressing. She goes, well, how much weight did you have? And I said, it was 300 pounds. I should be able to do it all the time. And she looked at me and she said, if you can't do the weight, don't put it on the bar. I knew then she was a keeper. She's like, suck it up, buttercup. And last one is to reminisce. And that's what we just did here today on stage. You know, we talked about sliding underneath the car. Because listen, when you start a relationship, obviously, unless you're completely blind, there was something that led you in the relationship that made you feel because we like to feel, we do feel a certain way. And so when you get to this place, you gotta go back and go, you know what, man, we have awesome times and those were awesome times. So you take the time to reminisce. And one of our favorite songs, it was our song, actually by LRB, Little River Band. And the song is actually called Reminiscing. And when we hear it, in the car, if I'm by myself, sometimes I'll video it and go, look what I'm listening to. And I turn it up. And if we're in the car, we just look at it, look at each other and smile. Even though the vintage is there, the vintage gray, the vintage white, is that I reminisce about what God has done and not that it's over, but that our latter days are gonna be so much more than our earlier days and so are yours, starting today.